It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into episode seven of Hitting Hard with John Chuckery. It is a Monday morning after a busy weekend around the Atlanta metro area. We've got a lot to get into with you here. We're going to talk some Falcons today because I'm going to prioritize what I think the Falcons need to do in the draft and a couple of quick thoughts about maybe who they should take a look at in this draft. And then we're going to talk about Adam Schefter, Gil Brandt losing their mind. I mean, I don't know where they come up with some of this stuff. It is hitting hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. We welcome you in on this Monday morning. We want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel. We want you to review, give us a like, leave us a comment there. Really appreciate all the folks that are jumping on board with our channel and uh, make sure that you tell your friends and subscribe to the channel. Also, too, you can follow me on Twitter. I am at JMCH316. And we are, of course, brought to you today by our friends over at Built Bar. We've been talking about Built Bar for the last couple of weeks here. And have you had a chance to go to Built.com yet? Why not? What's going on over there, man? Come on, get on the website. Got a lot of feedback. Actually, I've been talking to some folks that have been on the website and uh, looking at some of the products that they have. I want you to give the marshmallows, the puffs, a try. Uh, if you're looking for an alternative in the world of I need a sweet tooth craving, I need a snack or something like that, that's going to help me kind of get through my sweet tooth craving. I want you to take a look at the puffs that they have. So this is the first protein-infused marshmallow that's out there on the marketplace. And basically, they are a marshmallow that you have covered in 100% real chocolate. They've got all these flavors that you love. Yummy, yummy, cinnamony churro. Uh, they've got coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, all kinds of different flavors. But again, a high-protein, low-calorie marshmallow, uh, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, 17 grams of protein. You know the deal by now. Check out the folks over at built.com and also to their whole line of nutrition bars that they have uh, such a great alternative to any kind of candy bar or anything like that. Mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond. And then new this month is the white chocolate cookies and cream, all delicious stuff. You can go to built.com, check out their line of products. And if you go to built.com and you find some things that you like, I want you to put locked 15 into the promo code box that's locked 15 and if you do that you're going to get 15% off anything that you buy at built.com check out their line of protein bars and puffs today all right so today on the show on hitting hard we are going to start to prioritize as believe it or not Thursday we will be two weeks away from the NFL draft and it's not really a mystery if you're a Falcons fan about how important this draft is going to be certainly last year's draft. Kyle Pitts obviously had a pretty good year. Outside of that, you got very little to no impact. I mean, when I say like no impact, I mean, you had one of the guys who was one of the worst rookies in the entirety of the NFL this year. And you had a guy in Richie Grant that was your second round pick that literally played what 23 and a half percent of the snaps on defense this year. So they have to obviously hit some home runs. If you're going to get this thing back on track, and I know everybody loves to talk about, well, we're going to have all this money next year. That doesn't mean anything in the NFL. It, what, what good players are you going to attract? Good, good players that are ready to win or looking for aren't just going to come for the sake of losing and being bad, a part of a bad organization. So the money thing doesn't really matter a whole lot to me. We've gone over this. We broke it down 65,000 ways to Sunday. If you don't understand that the draft is how you have to build the core of your team, 
then I, I can't help you at this point. I mean, you might as well listen to you know podcasts about butterflies at this point. I, really, I can't help you on all of that. So in this year's draft, where the Falcons have lots of draft capital, where they have the eighth uh, pick overall in the first round, a couple of second round picks, a couple of third round picks. Obviously, if they make any moves for Grady Jarrett, whatever this, any other, they have the potential to go and get themselves an extra pick or two where they may decide to bundle and move up. I mean, there's a lot of options that are available to the Falcons. Now, I've talked about the idea of my dream scenario is you move back to the teens, you take one of those extra picks that you get, bundle up and head back up to the first round and go get yourself a quarterback at that point. So here's the way I look at the Falcons having to prioritize their draft this year. First, most important need. And when we talk about best of player, best player available on that, that's cool. If if your football team has that sort of luxury, and while the Falcons need lots of pieces, they need pieces that are vital to winning in the NFL. Safeties, for instance, aren't vital to winning in the NFL. Ask the San Francisco 49ers. You can have a mid-subpar defensive backfield, but if you're outstanding in other places on the football field, you can get it done. You can be deficient in some of your skill position people. But if you have a dominant offensive line and really good quarterback play, you'll get through all of that. So when we start to prioritize what the Falcons have to address, have to address to start getting this ship turned around in the right direction, obviously it all starts with edge rush and finding a guy whose job is to sack the quarterback. So number one priority, whether he's the best player, whether he's not the best player, is you have to get whatever you can as the best edge rusher that's available in the draft at the position you pick. You pick eighth, you pick 10th, you pick 15th, you know, you move up, whatever it is, you have to go out and find the best edge rusher available. You can't continue to be the worst team in the NFL at sacking the quarterback and think your franchise is going to change. The whole league, the whole league is set around what quarterbacks can and can't do. So the league is about you have to have a good quarterback. The league is about you have to be able to sack the quarterback. The league is about you have to be able to protect the quarterback. And if you have those three things in place in the NFL, you will win lots of games, you will compete for the ultimate prize, and your franchise will be in good shape. And especially if you have young guys that can do those things. So defensive end, without a doubt to me, is my number one priority in looking at the draft. Now, number two, and this won't be popular, and it's going to surprise some people, quarterback. After the debacle of moving on from Matt Ryan, and that's the only way to describe what happened, is it was a debacle the way that they moved on from Matt Ryan. And I promise you, if anybody out there thinks that this was their plan of, of how they were going to approach this, I promise you, you're dead wrong. I, I can 100% assure you, you can go ahead and again, listen to Butterfly Podcast because you're not going to get any useful information here because it was not the way the Falcons had planned on moving on from Matt Ryan in this debacle. So now you're left with no quarterback. Yeah, but they got Marcus Mariota. Okay. They have a guy who's the second overall pick in the draft who's on his third team in seven years. Third team in seven years. Why do you think the number two draft pick in the NFL is on his third team in seven years? Is it because he's overachieved at other markets and they just couldn't afford to pay him? Is it because he's been so good that teams don't know what to do with him and they want to trade him and get draft capital for him? Or is it because he's not been any good? 
Well, let me tell you how it works in the NFL. If you're the number two overall pick and you've been on three teams in seven years, you ain't been all that good. Well, he's had some moments. Okay, so have I. I've had moments in my life too. Doesn't mean I've been a good quarterback in the NFL. And that's what Marcus Mariota is. Good Marcus Mariota play well. And all. Okay, great. He's no long-term answer. I don't care what you tell me. I don't care what you think. He's no long-term answer. And the Falcons don't look at him as a long-term man. You, you roll the dice and hope you catch lightning in a bottle is what you catch. Okay? But other than that, the reason why a guy like that is in his third team in seven years in the NFL is because he hasn't been that good. He hasn't been that good. Well, they had a chance to, okay, it doesn't really matter what the reasons are. You're on your third team in seven years in the NFL. So quarterback is a priority because you don't have one and you need to go get one. And while I'm not as enamored with the quarterbacks as I was maybe last year or the top two guys next year, your sort of lot in life is you need to put some capital and investment into getting a quarterback that you can start to build and groom. Now, it's real simple, okay? And you're not going to like this either, but you draft a quarterback this year, and if it starts looking like it works out, you continue to grow and build around him. If it looks like he's a complete disaster when you get him on your field and you're bad enough, you go get a quarterback next year. And you know what happens when you don't have a quarterback after next year and you're still strong? You go get another quarterback. Yeah, I can't keep up. Yeah, you can. You have to. You have to keep drafting in the NFL at quarterback to grab those guys to change your franchise. You draft, 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 draft until you find the right guy that ends up making your franchise better on the whole and turning this ship around before it hits that iceberg. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk more about this. Some other priorities for the Falcons in this upcoming draft. It is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here on Locked On Sports Atlanta as we uh, continue to talk about the Falcons and their priorities in this upcoming draft. want to tell you about our friends, though, over at Bet Online. As the Masters have completed and finished up, we are full swing into the first few weeks, first few days, I guess, uh, of Major League Baseball uh, season. Uh, obviously, everything got crammed and shoved around and things like that. So you got a whole crap ton of baseball. You know, the, the Braves start out the first 14 days of this new season without a day off. So you got 14 straight days of Braves baseball that you can bet on with betonline.net. It's your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information uh, from all your latest odds, contests. You know, you got props. You got all kinds of stuff out there. And again, with Major League Baseball season in full swing, and you're going to have a lot of games that are crammed together in a short amount of time. Bet online is your place to go. It's the best spot for all of your latest sports developments. Uh, also, too, don't forget, you know, we got playoff basketball coming up here. So the Hawks are going to be playing on Wednesday night. You feel like they're about to make a run? Okay, you got Wednesday. If they win Wednesday, they play Friday. They win Friday, then they get in the regular, you know, uh, NBA tournament and get into a seven-game matchup, and then we start to roll from there. So you got Major League Baseball. You got NBA playoffs coming up. You got games this week that are playing games in the NBA. You feel strong about one side or the other, bet online, betonline.net is your place to go. And don't forget, it's not just basketball, baseball, your daily stuff out there. You got live betting. You got your favorite Vegas casino games. You got all of those things available to you at betonline.net. So head over to the website and check out what's going on over there, betonline.net, where the game starts. All right, we uh, continue to take a look at the Falcons draft priority. So we said that the first two things, edge rusher and quarterback. And, you know, the other thing about quarterback is you can't anticipate on being bad enough to get into the sweepstakes next year for Stroud and for Bryce Young. Look, the reality is that the, the, the Falcons could be very bad and they could be a top three pick or they could be just good enough to be, let's say, 
five, six, seven, or something like that. And that puts you out of the sweepstakes. And that means the only way you get in is that number one is you have to trade up in the draft or two, you're going to run into teams that really want one of those quarterbacks. So it's not an ideal scenario and it's not a scenario where you can anticipate and hope for the best because what happens if you don't now you have to pick who's after that, which anybody out there want Anthony Richardson? Because right now he's ranked as the third best quarterback coming there. You want anything to do with Anthony Richardson out of Florida? What's he done to show you that he's the third best quarterback? And I know somebody's going to emerge in this, that, and the other. But obviously Stroud, or sorry, yeah, CJ Stroud and Bryce Young at the very top of the of the class of that draft out there. But you can't sit around and wait and anticipate. And if you draft somebody that doesn't work out, you move on to the next guy. That's just how it works in the NFL once you get rid of your franchise quarterback. Now, from there, priorities for me on the Falcons draft. After edge, after quarterback, interior defensive line. So whether or not Grady stays, goes, or what have you, if you extend him and he stays, great. Go get me a space eater that's legitimate to stand beside him and push people around so that Grady can get himself in the backfield and make plays and be disruptive in there. That, that to me, is another component that the Falcons have not gotten a complimentary piece to help Grady Jarrett out. Thus, besides just having guys around the end that can't get to the quarterback, you also have nobody inside, and thus Grady Jarrett is double team, triple team, and he can't get things going. He can't get in the backfield. Grady Jarrett's not a pass-rushing defensive lineman, although he does pick up some sacks, but what he is is a guy who can be a disruptor. He gets in the backfield. He can make tackles for loss. He can blow up running plays and things like that. But like a lot of things in the NFL, you have to have a running mate for all that. You have to have a guy that stands beside you. And whether it's been Tyler Davidson, whether it's been Marlon Davidson, you just haven't had a guy that can complement what he does out there. So certainly an interior defensive line. And then obviously, if you trade Grady or he walks away, you need somebody to fill that spot. You need somebody to start to look at being the heir apparent, at least. I mean, again, you take away Grady Jarrett off your defensive line. What are you looking at? If, if you take Grady Jarrett off the Falcons defensive line right now today, that is probably the single worst unit in the entirety of the NFL. I would defy you to find me a worse group position-wise in the NFL than the Falcons defensive line without Grady Jarrett. So you don't just need guys that come around the outside and contain and go sack the quarterback. You need guys that are going to come up the middle and be disruptive there as well. So interior defensive line would be my third thing. Fourth, offensive tackle. You have a real decision that you have to make now on your right tackle. Yeah, I know they signed German Effetti, another first-round draft pick on his third team in seven years. Another guy who's just bouncing around the league looking for a spot. Why? Because he's not been good enough to secure a big-time long-term second contract. Well, guess who's starting right now for the Atlanta Falcons? Another guy who's probably not going to be here after, you know, arguably this year. This will probably be his final year in Caleb McGarry. You don't have an answer at right tackle. Now, you could have solved all that last year in the draft, but we won't talk about that. You know, we, we made sure we got our unicorns and all that kind of stuff instead of building our foundation. But nonetheless, we, we, we're, we've been, we're over that, we're past that, and we're moving on from all of it. But you need another offensive tackle. You, you, you can move guys that are on the outside. In the, there's an old saying in the NFL, okay? You know what a guard is in the NFL? That's a guy who, doesn't, who can't play tackle anymore. You know what a center is in the NFL? Those are guys who can't play guard anymore. 
in the NFL. And you see veterans as they get older, they go from left tackle to right right tackle. Then they go from right tackle onto the inside. And then they may even move one more spot in, right? I mean, Jake Matthews' um, father did that same exact thing, right? Move, 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 move inside until, you know, he was a pro bowler every year at every offensive position, you know, on the offensive line. So you need to find yourself another good young tackle uh, and not a project and not a guy who, you know, played, you know, 13 starts in college or whatever like that. You need to find a legitimate guy and you might have to invest some fairly high draft capital and all that. There is a lot of good tackles in this draft. Now, a lot of the tackles that are really good are definitely very high draft picks, the Evan Neals and those types of people, you know, that are, you know, Iguanu and guys like that, that are going to be really high draft picks. So you may not be in the market for that, but go find yourself a young tackle that you can develop and get him to be a part of the solution on your offensive line. And if that means you kick in a Fetty inside or you have to work with Hennessy or Mayfield or whatever like that, you know, figure some things out there. Because people keep coming to me about, well, we have to give Mayfield another shot. Yeah, I'm all for giving Mayfield and Hennessy another shot. I'm not for those starting those two guys side by side one another. That's a recipe for disaster. Nobody's going to get better if you start those two guys side by side again. Because you're going to get the same things over and over again. One guy can't compliment the other. Hennessy's not big enough and strong enough to play center at times in the NFL. And he gets pushed around and pushed in the backfield. Mayfield just is lost at times playing left guard. And I don't care that he never played that position before. If anything, you should be able to just use your strength and physicality to be able to move guys around, but we can't. So offensive tackle, to me, is a high priority in the draft. That comes after addressing my defensive line and my quarterback position. And then finally, wide receiver. You know, I do understand the need for wide receiver, and it's because of this. It's not just that you have you don't have a number one wide receiver, but even if and when your number one wide receiver comes back, Calvin Ridley, Falcons are probably going to have to move on from him. Look, your general manager came out and said in the press conference they were openly shopping Calvin Ridley. So what makes you think that he wants to be here? What makes you think that the Falcons are going to keep him around? He most likely is going to get moved around. And I hope that, you know, Auden Tate or somebody like that, I hope one of those guys starts to emerge into a, let's say, maybe number two role, maybe taking over for what Russell Gage did. Remember, Russell Gage came in as a special teams player. He was a specialist on special teams, developed himself into a good wide receiver, good enough to the point where he got $30 million for three years with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go play for Tom Brady and the potential Super Bowl champions down there. So he really worked himself into a spot where he became a much better player over these few years in the NFL and worked himself into a pretty good contract. That's what I'm hoping we get out of one of these guys that we've signed, especially like an Auden Tate. I think Auden Tate's a guy that has a lot of talent, size, strength, catch radius, things like that. But nonetheless, you go and find yourself what you hope is your Cooper Cup type of player, right? You, You go find yourself a guy in the middle rounds of the draft that becomes one of those types of players. Now, I thought it was interesting because if you've looked at all of the big contracts for wide receivers in the NFL, of the top six contracts in the NFL, only one guy's a first-rounder, and that's Amari Cooper. Diggs, Tyreek Hill is a fifth-round pick, right? Cooper Cup's about to get paid monster money. All those guys are not first-round picks. All those guys were not first-round guys in this draft or in any draft. So you can find value in later rounds at wide receiver. All right, when we get back, we'll uh, get into a What's Bugging Chuckery because uh, I got a lot to say about what Adam Schefter 
Gilbrand had to say over the weekend about the passing of Dwayne Haskins, and none of it was good. It's Hitting Hard with John Chuckery here. We're on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Back at it on Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. And look, we got awful news over the weekend that Dwayne Haskins, the former Washington quarterback, Pittsburgh quarterback, first-round draft pick in the NFL, had died after he was involved in basically getting run down by, hit by a truck, I should say, um, uh, on a highway down in Florida over the weekend. Terrible news. Uh, he's about to be 25 years old. He would, he would have been 25 on May 2nd, so was just a couple of weeks away from celebrating another birthday out there. Well, unfortunately, in reporting all of this, guys seem to want to have their agenda and want to seem to, how do I say, over-inform what you really need to know. So, for instance, take Adam Schefter. Now, here's why this is important. Adam Schefter was literally because he got the information from Haskins' agent, Cedric Saunders, was literally going to break the story, put the first bit of news out there about this. So here's what Adam Schefter tweeted out once he got the news. Quote, Dwayne Haskins, a stand at Ohio State, before struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh in the NFL, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida, per his agent, Cedric Saunders. Haskin would have turned 25 years old on May 3rd. Why did we need to have the struggling to catch on with Washington and Pittsburgh? First off, that's not accurate. From a factual standpoint, he was a first-round draft pick of the Redskins. Was he going to get cut right after he was drafted? Did I miss something about that? I mean, yes, he left Washington because it didn't work out, latched on with Pittsburgh and was fighting to get a spot. But the sentence as it's written isn't even factually correct. So he didn't struggle to catch on with Washington. He was a first-round pick, and they made him their starting quarterback, right? Like he got a chance to start. He even started some in Pittsburgh, right? So that's not even factually correct, just to put that out there. But understand that Schefter is the first guy who's putting the story out there. And the first thing that comes to his mind, literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, the ninth word of his tweet is struggling. Now, Adam Schefter has had a run of not so you know good fortune about things that he's tweeted and he's put out on Twitter, basically saying that Deshaun Watson was innocent, even though it was a matter of there, weren't, there wasn't enough evidence that they thought to bring charges against him, and he still has civil lawsuits against him. And he got the Aaron Rodgers thing wrong. He got the Brady retirement wrong. There's a laundry list of things that Schefter put out there. But you have to understand, when you're the first person and you're the guy with, what, almost 10 million followers that people turn to in the NFL for their breaking news and information, and you're going to be the first guy to break a story, you've got to basically tone down your rhetoric and what you think and all that, and just report what the facts are. Now, he deleted that tweet and put out another one saying, quote, Dwayne Haskins is standing at Ohio State before becoming Washington's first-round pick and playing in Pittsburgh, died this morning when he got hit by a car in South Florida. Why was that so hard to do the first time? I don't know if Schefter writes his own tweets. I'm guessing he doesn't write his own tweets, but I know he's the guy at the end of the day responsible for the content that is put out. How does he or a proofreader or anybody look at something like that and say, yeah, this is the first message that we want to get out about the death of Dwayne Haskins. He was a struggling to hang on quarterback. 
That's the first thing that comes into your mind because that was the ninth word that was typed out in that tweet. That makes no sense to me. Why do something like that? Why be the first source of information and you put it out with an insensitive tweet like that? How hard is it to look at and proofread? We've all been there, right? I can tell you personally on Twitter, there's been many times when I've typed something out and I let my emotions get into it and I look at it and say, okay, do I really want to hit send on this? And I just wipe it all out and I start over again, or I just don't tweet at all about it. So that was ridiculous in itself. But another NFL analyst, and I say that very loosely, a guy who that honestly, I'm going to tell you, I've talked about this for years, Grandpa Munster, Gil Brandt, who is 90 years old, goes on NFL Sirius XM radio and is asked to, comment about Dwayne Haskins' death and puts out things saying like, quote, he was a guy that was living to be dead. Quote, it was always something with Haskins. Quote, if he maybe if he stayed in school a year earlier, he wouldn't be doing some of the silly things that he did. Where does that come from? Like, and again, I get that a 90-year-old guy doesn't have much of a filter now, but good Lord, is that the guy that I turn to for NFL information? Is that the guy I want commenting on anything? And then Gil Brandt put out this ridiculous tweet that he didn't type out because he has, again, a 90-year-old guy is not using Twitter. Sorry, hate to break your heart on all that, but a 90-year-old guy has been putting out a Twitter, and there is a guy, and, I, and they put his name out on Twitter, who wrote it for him, and it was ridiculous. But again, if you ask a 90-year-old guy that has no filter, I'm surprised they didn't call him boy. You know, that's what you get with some of these goofballs in the media. You know, these are the people that are first reacting and responding to information that we're gleaning from them. You know, when I'm getting that information, it's coming from Schefter or it's, you know, from a reaction to from Gil Brandt. But this was not a good weekend for either one of those guys. First off, Gil Brandt shouldn't be on radio anymore. Sorry, there comes a point where these guys just outwear their welcomeness anymore. It happened to Pat Summerall. It happened to Keith Jackson. It's happened to Dick Vitale. It's happened to Digger Phelps that you just keep hanging on and hanging on and hanging on. Lee Corso, you keep hanging on to all of these guys that their fastball is gone and they're now junk ball pitchers. And you just bring them on because the nostalgia of saying something they think is relevant. It's not. Gil Brandt's not relevant to today's NFL. I commend Gil for all the things he did, but in 90 years old, he's not relevant. And he proved it on Saturday with the stuff that he said about Haskins. None of this stuff needed to be brought up then. Now, Schefter even wrote an article chronicling Dwayne Haskins in his life and things like that. Sure, that's a play where you can put in his struggles at quarterback or his life in the NFL. But when the ninth word of your tweet is struggling for a 24-year-old guy who just got killed in a car wreck, that to me just doesn't seem like the time or place that when I'm trying to take credit for being the guy that's breaking the news story of what Dwayne Haskins did and did not do, putting the idea of the word struggling in there just didn't make sense. And it was insulting to guys in the NFL and college teammates and NFL teammates and stuff of his. And, and I commend those guys. They 
reacted, you know, responsibly and said, this is ridiculous. Now, is anything going to happen to Schefter? No, he's getting, he just signed what? 45 million for uh, five years, right? He's getting $9 million a year. And we're two weeks away from the NFL draft. Ain't a chance he's getting suspended or he's going on leave or anything like that. We're in NFL draft season. We're in a time where he is rocking and rolling and he's in the prime time right now of the league season. Nothing going to happen to him. But these guys, if they're going to be newsbreakers, have to be better at putting out their content. Sometimes it's okay to not put out content so fast that you miss the meaning and the point of what needs to be said in your tweets. All right. Subscribe to uh, the Hitting Hard uh, podcast. Go on Locked on Sports on Atlanta and on, on YouTube, excuse me, and go ahead and hit that subscribe button. want you to leave us a comment. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a comment. Tell us what you think about the show. We really appreciate everybody being part of our network now, Hitting Hard with John Chuckery part of Locked On Sports Atlanta. So we thank you so much for all the subscribers and we're growing and growing and growing every single day as we literally just got this thing launched here now. We're just starting into our second week for all of it. So we will be back with you tomorrow. Appreciate everybody listening out there. Follow me on Twitter at JMCH316. This is Hitting Hard with John Chuckery on Locked On Sports Atlanta. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.